there, but I, I jumped the gun, but we both clapped. That, that okay, was there's, there's some kind of start. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you ready to break into this? I'm not going to yell like Josh does, I promise. I am ready. Well, are you going to do the, the pop thing? Uh, uh, no, because I don't have a P. And, oh, I do. I have the bop. Yep, there you go. There you go. We got the bop. Okay. Just one for him. Okay. All right, here we go. It's downright professional. So he counts me down. He goes, okay. he, he says, we're going to go in three, two, two, one. one. Hello, and welcome to everyone. Whether you're a longtime CultureBot family member or a newcomer to our community, welcome to the brand new project. This is The Bop. I couldn't do it like Josh does it. I tried. Uh, this is The Bop, a music podcast, part of the CultureBot family of content. Uh, we, yes we, are your two hosts of this afternoon and all afternoons to come. I am one of the two in the crew, Dylan Martin, and I am joined by your other host on this journey, Jeffrey, insert your last name here. What is Ciardo. Your last name? Ciardo. 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 Yeah. Like Ciar so, finger, Ciarto. Ciarto. So, Josh, uh, if you're new to us, that's the Culture Bob creator. He said that you said... That scissor toe was right and that he could pronounce it that way. Is this true? I probably was drunk if he asked that and I said yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel like I remember that night, but I also feel like I was in vacation and I had been drinking a little. So so both sides completely plausible here. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a brand new endeavor. We already have um, different podcast outlets of a part of the culture bot family we have hunting pixels the video game podcast and we have culture bot selects which is the deep dive into all media um so this is fun man this is this is your first hosting session on a oh well you've done a co-host right on on hunting pixels or something no you did an no, nft no, this episode is my... wait the nft no i uh i think i put some input but i i didn't do anything with oh, that oh so this is your first yeah but i was don't worry Hunting Pixels, NFTs, they're coming. I know Justin Rees is excited. Uh, I'm getting clip art open right now. <laughs> Justin is a... Uh, he's kind of a wonderful guy. He's a nice host. Yeah, absolutely. He's a gentleman. Like, oh, the dreamiest gentleman that you could want to meet. It was, it was like two and a half seconds into our interview episode of me, and then he told me to shut up. Well, I mean... I wouldn't expect anything less from a yeah, New Yorker, right? Yeah, that's true. Shout it's out to New hostile. York. So I, I hope that this podcast becomes the one where it's just region on region disses. You know, Midwest <laughs> versus fitting. New York. You know, right. I, and Tani's just take, you know, I can't wait for the Netherlands to get in. We just make this an international beef session. Right. Because what's, you know, what's one more international war at this point? Right. It's 2022. Just get as many in as we can. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm excited. So I am too. I've been looking forward to this all day. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little nerve wracking for me because I, I I promised this on Twitch. I promised this on if you're listening to this on Instagram already because I did record this little thing for Josh to throw up on the Culture Bop Instagram page, and it's like if this fails, it it's all on me. No, it won't fail. Okay, I have watched a lot of trapeze artists. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I might be a little bit of a big guy to be on the swing, swinging back and forth. But I'm ready to catch. Okay, I'm okay. ready to catch, and we make this work. I've been wearing rhinestones and sequel. Yep, I got my sequin jumpsuit on. Let's do this. I'm a big guy. You know. Yeah. Well, hey. 
Fat guy's trapeze artist. I don't know what I, didn't I don't say know what we call. Well, yeah, I didn't mean fat. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, big guys tramp big boys trampies. There we go. Boom. How how tall are you, Jeff? Uh like driver's license height or like real height? <laughs> like <laughs> Like real height. There's like a 5 inch difference there. Oh um my God. <laughs> What? Like they don't real even look. height. Come on. Real height. Well, real height like probably like 5'10" on a good day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not tall, you know. Average. I mean, I mean that's above average, so that's good. Because yeah. I'm I'm six four, so you saying that you're gonna catch me, I'm just making sure yeah. that's at least a little feasible. I got upper body for days, so, so we're good. <sighs> okay. All right. But the uh, shout out to the uh Elkhart DMV, the the lady in the wheelchair that does the pictures, she has to look up. She doesn't know that I'm not six four. That's true. <laughs> you have did your license actually have above six feet on there? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Okay, okay. See, I, just, I didn't lie about height. I think I lied about weight. <laughs> okay, so not to veer off topic, for a while I was telling people I had the reverse Benjamin Button disease, meaning that as I got older, I looked older and drunk. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I just kept it at 6'4". I probably should change that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. the good news is is the weight that I have on my license, I think I'm actually getting to. So. <laughs> nice. See, yeah, that's the one that matters. That's yeah. So at yeah. least there's I'm not fabricating anymore. Yeah, um, I mean any police officer that chases me might think I'm six four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have to have an intimidation factor there. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let them know I mean. Let them know I mean business. I mean we're not. Yeah. We're not going to question why you're being chased by a cop, but. <laughs> no, no, that's for our lawyers to discern. Which is weird because I feel like you're mine. Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. It's With all it's no all good. true. Legal yep. degree. It's fine. Well, I mean, I wrote it on a piece of paper once. That <laughs> did you notarize? <laughs> no, oh. no. I, sh- I know a notary, though. I wonder if he would. I'm gonna text him. I'll ask him during the show. Is it Justin? No, no, no. Okay, that would have been. It'd waiting. be awesome if it was, though. So, well, speaking of Justin, they uh stopped by the Twitch channel today, and I I showed them what was coming. I threw up my little splash screen, and he was like, no fucking way. Like, he was super excited. Tawny was super excited. Nice. Yeah, so all these I, names, if you're a first-time listener, they're, they're a part of the Culture Bop Discord family, um, just Culture Bop in general. So you're going to hear these names a lot, and we are very active in our own community. Yeah, we even had a new member yesterday, I think it was. Joined. Oh, yeah, just popped in out of nowhere. Yeah. Which is which is great. We need to grow. But yeah. then it's like one of those things that they never said anything after they joined, which is fine. They'll yeah, come around. Maybe, maybe they're shy. Maybe. It it, it yeah. won't take long before no. they bring you out of your shell. Yeah, about 30 seconds normally. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's – so this is a new project by both you and I. Do you want to kind of go through some of the topics we have planned coming up? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, like, as far as this goes, this one's going to just kind of be an icebreaker, right? We're going to yep. kind of let everybody know what we like. It, we kind of picked a couple albums that, you know, are kind of like quintessential us-type albums, right? I think that's fair to say. Okay. Yeah, th- this is very important to us. Yeah, and then we've got some, like, different kind of topics coming up, right? Not just, hey, this is what we listen to. And a lot of this, for me, the reason I'm excited is... 
this even goes back to like a previous podcast where I met Josh through, where monthly we would put together a Spotify playlist and everybody contributed and it was this big amalgamation of music and uh, it was always cool to see everybody's things in there. So keeping that in mind, we're going to cover a lot of topics and threads that people like, right? It's not just going to be SoundCloud rap and metal for me, right? Um, <laughs> I know that I get pegged in that hole, but let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of people, if you if you ask, they would say SoundCloud rap, right? Or metal, one or the right. other. Um, so we've got like some topics on pop, collaborations, um, Spotify revenue streams, because um, I took something that's common knowledge, and I think when I shared it with you, I probably blew your mind yeah. um, on how all that breaks down. Um, I've added a couple of topics. I don't know if you got a chance to look for, at them I right did. before the show. Like so, Okay, pop punk, then versus now. As somebody that was around for one of the first waves of pop punk, I it's way different now than it was then, and uh, I kind of want to get into that. Um, and, uh, maybe we'll have a couple of special guests coming up here. Um, I've got one in mind that I'm really interested just to pick his brain because I feel like we're just parallels from one another, um, yeah. but maybe a very radical opinion that is different than mine. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of get into some slice of life music. I listen to a lot of music myself, um, and hopefully I can kind of share some of that with you guys. Um, and... I think this is going to be interesting because I think we have different varying opinions on a lot of different genres of music that are going to kind of be eye-opening to one another. Yeah, it's true. And uh, that's what I like is because, like you said, this isn't just a, hey, we listen to these albums, we like this music. This is very yeah. much, it's it's a, truly a discussion um, podcast. And I, I think there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Like even the one where you, you, you were talking about the special guest, it's like, um, but you two are very similar and, and and I grew up with that kind of stuff too, but then I'm also very different because of what I listen to now. I feel like you guys gravitate towards one side and then I gravitate towards another. So it's a lot, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, a crossover episode, maybe with the hunting pixels crew, um, yeah. in term. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, this I, is a big, like I, I want this to go far. Um, it's yeah. just a lot of fun and I, I like talking music. I, I am really excited for this crossover episode. Uh, it's probably the one where Big Papa and I get face tattoos live on the podcast. <laughs> right. Well, then we'll know. stream it on my Twitch channel. <laughs> yeah, while, while listening to you know Lorna Shore and just you know, <laughs> right. this is yeah. this is where this happens. This is the like the Venn diagram becomes one circle. You know, he and I live approximately 25 minutes away from each other, and we've been doing Hunting Pixels for, you know, over a year now. I actually don't know how long we've been doing Hunting Pixels. It's for sure been over a year, but it's like we still have not met face-to-face. Josh introduced us through uh, Discord, and we've done the podcast together, and I would say we're actually great friends, but we have never come face-to-face. Which is wild. You should yeah. just, just stop the show now and just go to his house. Just show up. <laughs> uh, if you... He is currently very vehemently angry with AT&T so he's the last person I want to see right now I mean I've got a video I'll send him later about why he should be angry at AT&T so oh please do just yeah. completely I'll just uh, throw gas on that fire yeah he he's very upset with them right now which is okay because you know fuck AT&T and all that I have AT&T but I do not like them oh see uh, Comcast squad represent are you Comcast oh, yes. <laughs> no I'm not a Comcast person either um, yeah 
But yeah, uh, so a lot of topics on the way. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, including this one. And this is a, so far, as of right now, until I can get some things hammered out and we talk about schedules, but this is a bi-weekly podcast. Um, I'm sure that might pick up eventually, but this these are a lot of topics. And that, you know, bi-weekly, 14 topics, you do the math. That's like a year or something. Not really. I'm not that dumb, I promise. It's getting close. But, 26. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we have content to come. Um, it's going to be super exciting, but let's jump into it. You ready to talk about yeah. today's main topic? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm ready. With this being our first episode, we thought that it would be a lot of fun to introduce you, the listeners, to who we are by diving into three of our favorite albums, and all three of those being from completely different genres. So... We'll talk a little bit about what makes them so special to us and give you some perspective that only we can bring. After all, there are plenty of podcasts out there surrounding music, right? So what makes this one so special? Well, let's find out. Uh, so you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You want to talk uh, at the same time and let them try to pick out, you know? No, I, I think let's do this kind of ping pong back and forth. Um, okay. Why don't you why don't you kind of go and I'll kind of I've listened to your albums, you know, kind of refresh myself. I knew of them all, um, except for, you know, they weren't necessarily familiar to me. So why don't you go first? And, I'll you know, as I can, I'll kind of put some feedback. <clears throat> why don't you do one? And then I'll go ahead and do one of mine. We'll just kind of sure. bounce it back and forth, especially with them being all different genres. Yeah. It might so lead to some interesting conversations. It, it is. Yours are out there to me. But um. So mine, I don't even know where I want to start. I think I want to start with, uh, <clears throat> I guess I will start with uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. So I feel yeah. like all of the albums I'm about to talk about are, and this is, of course, my opinion, but they're some of the greatest albums of all time. Um, this one, though, the Fleetwood Mac album, I don't even think that's a question. I think it's just kind of solidified its place in history as one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, this is one of those albums that if you don't know it by name, chances are you still know one, two, or like maybe even three of the songs from it. Um, yeah. R Rumors is one of, if not the first album, actually, that I remember listening to from start to finish and loving every single song on it. And it just has a way of making you feel good. Um, this was the first album that i listened to from fleetwood mac i and believe it or not i didn't even discover this so what did this album come out in like 1978 1978 so yeah i was born in 91 i <laughs> i'm i'm a young and um i didn't even get to listen to this until like the later 2000s i i of course like i just said had heard uh of a lot of different songs from the album but i never just sat down and listened to it and when i did it was kind of life-changing like I didn't know that I liked um so so the genre here is it's pretty much like it's rock folk rock um you know somewhere between those two categories and this was I was when I first listened to this I was into some like heavy shit I was into kill switch I was into fucking god I can't even think of one off the top of my head right now let's just say kill switch and leave it at that um, just harder stuff. I was into some gangsta ass rap, right? So rumors was a completely different spectrum change and I fell in love with it. I 
love listening to this. I love going back with uh, my girlfriend, Sabrina, and we I played this for her for the first time, and <clears> she <throat> was swept away. We were out in the mountains somewhere, and she she loved every bit of it. And it's such a, just a unique experience because you don't you just don't hear music like this anymore. Um, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and I don't know, man. It's it's up there. I think truly it is one of the greatest albums of all times. Yeah, absolutely. It's and it's interesting too. Um, so, if you look at the, their album prior, uh, the White album, and the name is escaping me right now. Um, it is kind of actually different than this. It's a lot like funkier kind of dirtier of a sound like it's not clean it's not warm and inviting kind of like rumors is right um it's it's vastly different and if you look at the album that came after rumors it too is a little bit more vastly different and it you kind of see rumors as like this evolutionary step for this band where they took something they had it they kind of figured out their formula and they kept building on it um and yeah, I mean, rumors, rumors. I, just out of curiosity, not that it matters. I don't think ratings or anything substantial. It still has a 99 on Metacritic. I yep. mean, like that's you know <clears throat> when you think about it, like that's pretty cool. I mean that it's you know what, approaching what 40 years old and it's still, you know, holding on. All right, it's, no, it's more than 40 years old. I can do math. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But when you look at it, yeah, it's definitely, it. it is a thing that is bigger than the sum of its parts. It definitely feels that way in the as far as, like, the album itself goes. So, I mean, I, I understand exactly when you're saying, like, you got swept up in it. Like, that's what, like, a really good album should do is take you yeah. out and make you experience the story. It shouldn't just be you hearing the story. It should be you experiencing the song. You know the right. album, the theme. So yeah, I mean, it, everything that you're saying there is like what I, in my mind, picture a, an album of this magnitude being able to do. Yeah, and they, I mean, they said themselves like they feel like it was the most important album they ever made, and it allowed them to just keep going for as long as they did, and just continue making music. You know, even standalone, uh, standalone artists like you know Stevie Nicks doing her own thing, like. I feel like this album just continued to put money in their pockets and it just allowed them to build something even oh, yeah. more. Yeah. When you look uh, at like songs like Go Your Own Way and Don't Stop and stuff like that, like I mean, yeah, for sure. And like right. interesting fact, this album it, so think about this in this term. Nineteen seventy seven. This album sold ten million copies in a month. Like That's it we, for the we time. Talk, yeah. yeah. We talk about like, oh, he got a million views today. Great. We have to rewind. Information didn't move as fast back then. You know, data didn't move as fast, but they sold 10 million albums in a month. That's 10 million vinyl records pressed. You know, it's yeah. so impressive. It really is. They cemented themselves in history with this. It's like, and you still, you hear their music everywhere today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in commercials, it's in fucking movies and stuff like that. It's just, and it's all from this album. Like, most of the songs that you hear from Fleetwood Mac are from this album. Yeah, it it absolutely is. And after listening to this album, I went through and just 
kind of reread the Wikipedia page for this. Just like I wanted to kind of get like the full experience of it. And there's so much interesting tidbits tied to this. Like it is, I challenge anybody to just go and read like the Wikipedia page, put the album on, read the Wikipedia page. And like, you'll see so many bands that just reference this. It's like, this is why we're a band, you know? And it gets into like the studio that it was recorded in and Sausalito. And I mean, you know, it talks about how, you know, where they were living. Like the article gets into like the ambiance behind the album and you kind of get the feeling like this album is like the perfect musical storm or tour de force, you know, whatever you want to call it for this band. But this was definitely their stepping off point to say, you know, we've, we've moved to this next level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it just kind of cemented their place in the history of music. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, there's not really a song on there that I can say, you know, because like you'll have albums that are great and you'll have songs that are kind of meh, but still great, you know? Right. This, it, it just doesn't really have it. I mean, it, it's it's track listing. If you look at it, they are some of the best kind of songs of that era and of that style that you could possibly ask for. And they definitely hold the test of time. Yep, that's why I like it, is because I can listen from the, the first song to the last song. And yep. of course, there are those singles that stand out, like, you know, Go Your Own Way or, you know, The Chain, stuff like that. But the, the songs that a lot, like, you might not necessarily know, like Songbird or Oh Daddy, it's like those songs are still fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things I thought was interesting was in on the remaster, which is what you have in Spotify. You have the 2004 right. remaster. There's an extra song on there called Silver Springs. Mm-hmm. And what I've always kind of experienced is when you start adding songs and taking away songs from albums, usually the ones that you add don't add to that album, but that song really does. Like, if you listen to it on its own, you can almost immediately say, if you didn't know where that who that was, you'd say, that's Fleetwood Mac. Yep. And you can almost probably, if you knew their albums, you could probably almost say, yeah, that's probably from Rumors. And I wonder if that's just like a B-side. I didn't really actually look a whole lot into it. But I almost wonder if it's like a B-side that just was like, ah, the record's too full. You know, and, and yeah. what the process was that cut that from the list. Because that's something like, as a musician, I think I would always struggle with. Um, is like is cutting, cutting it. Picking, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's I'm glad you brought up Silver Springs because it's one of I know it wasn't like on the original, but it's one of my favorite songs from that um, Spotify, the 2004 yeah. remaster. It's so good. And you can like you said, you can just tell it's Fleetwood Mac. You can hear Stevie's voice and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's just majestic. I love it so much. Yeah. And I mean, also, like if you look at like the arrangement of instruments, throughout this like it's not just vocals it's vocals 12 string guitars 12 string acoustics tambourines you know like piano electric piano and if you think about this you know 1970s late 1970s they're still using Wurlitzer pianos you know and Hammond organs they're using these like time tested you know instruments to just bring this out and it feels like they're just pulling everything they can out of these specific sounds you know or not sounds but specific instruments and just really making something that just was definitely 
of its time. And this also, this is a really interesting pack. So this actually used the, uh, what they call it, the MOG, M-O-O-G, synthesizer, right? Which, like, these were, like, super high-tech for the time, right? Like, these were not a cheap instrument to use. And so, like, here they are using these, like, really classic full-body instruments. And then also using this piece of tech that was super brand new to the scene. Like, those MOG synthesizers maybe had been out a decade at that point. Like, maybe. I, I don't know the full history on MOG. I, I actually kind of want to look into it sometime. But, but I mean, yeah, using keyboards and synthesizers in 75. Like, yeah, other bands were doing it, but they were focused on that and not bringing it into this classical form. Yeah, and I think like what you said in regards to how they would just bring out specific sounds to mm-hmm. you know their instruments and stuff. Like, I know we kind of harp on it a lot in today's you know I guess musical milieu, but we do hear a lot of electronically produced music now, and that's fine. I mean, it has its place in music, but going back and listening to this album and you're hearing all of these different instruments, like you know the different guitars and the tambourines and stuff, it's it's so melodic and it's so different from what we have now. It's so good to go back and be able just to hear that and immerse yourself in it and just yeah. let the music literally wash over you. It it really is. Yeah, I 100% agree. And one of the other like really wild facts of this, so uh, the album art, right? Yep. It, it's like one of the most like iconic photos in, we'll say music, right? But I think it's also like one of the most iconic photos of that decade. It's so striking in its black and white, you know, like just full glory, right? And it was actually like the the guy that photographed it, his name's Herbert Worthington. And he was not necessarily a super famous photographer at the time. This definitely like brought his career up. And like one of the last program or one of the last projects that he did was Dave Grohl's Sound City documentary. So, I mean, the guy kept doing photography, and he was an inspiration. So, like, this album just touched on, like, so many levels of creativity. And, you know, you look at it, and you're like, it's a simple photograph. But, like, it's the juxtaposition of the black and the white and just really rich colors, really elaborate outfits. And that and I think that's one of the things that kind of gets lost in this musical masterpiece is, like, this album art that really launched a solo man's career by just taking a picture you know yeah it's it's one of those that you can see it and if you don't have the title of the band on there you still know the album art you you, you've seen it before it's beautiful uh stevie's beautiful on it i don't know man i just yeah i love it we're like okay if you had to say like like greatest albums of all time right like as an objective list not even (laughs) just like a fan let's say i'm like top 100 do you put it there do you oh, go lower dude, do you go higher I, I go so i go higher i mean you go way higher so of like, top all, 50? like of all music yeah. ever oh god dude it's top 25 okay i was just kind of curious because like definitely looking at this pick and listening to how you talk about this like you could tell this is a thing of love for you you yeah, know and it, that it, that's kind of why i wondered where this kind of stack ranks for you personally because I want to keep going beyond that. Even it's like I would put this in top ten. I just don't know if I'm being too greedy or if it's too much of a like a selfish. I would, I would need to sit down and like rank a hundred albums. I've listened to a hundred albums. I could rank a hundred albums, but it's like 
this one is just almost unbeaten. Um, yeah. And there's one more that I'll talk about throughout the the three that we'll touch on. But it's it, this one is high, man. I I absolutely love what they did with it. Um, yeah. It changed it changed my life for for the better. Like it 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 slowed me down a little bit, and it just allowed me to sit there and listen to the music. Man, I'm gonna go on forever on no, this. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, it just... I I love it. Like, and I think this is maybe what our audience is gonna enjoy is kind of these different perspectives <laughs> and the emotional attachments to it, because that's what music should do. It tells a story, yeah. and you're telling your story of your love with this album. Yeah, that's something that I truly think is special with the music. Like, it's supposed to make you feel some type of way, but literally only you know how it makes you feel, and that's where the idea for this podcast came out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was a lot of me. Yeah. So let's let's hit your first one. Which one are we doing? Uh, all right, we're gonna hard swerve here. Uh, I so my three you're gonna see are the listeners are kind of all over the board here. I am gonna go with um, a newer artist, uh, Lil Peep. Okay, and I realize right off the bat, <laughs> I am not the demographic a fan that listens to his albums. Right, like I am. I am old enough to be the dad of his demographic, right? <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, born in You're 96. You're not wrong. Like, he, but, like, I look at him, and I remember, I, I can vehemently remember the first time that I heard him on SoundCloud, and it was like, holy shit. Like, I, I literally, like, I think I just left that song on loop in my office and just sat there like, what did I just hear? Because for those that aren't familiar, people know the name, but maybe don't know the style of music. And so the best I can equate it to is emo rap, right? And for me, as somebody that was really big into emo music and emo scene, I struggled with this. When I came up with my three, I literally, I this is how hard this was for me. I had My Chemical Romance, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge in this spot. And I cut it for this guy. And why did I cut it for this guy? Because nothing I'm going to say is going to ever say anything that hasn't been said about Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. And everybody knows that album. And it holds special places in everybody's hearts that love that album for their own reasons. And maybe one day I'll get into that story of why that holds a special face for me. But Lil Peep kind of brought something new. And now... His album, Come Over When You're Sober, Part 1, is my pick. Okay, we took a long, diverging turn to get here. The reason this is my pick, number one, it's the only album that was released by him on a record label when he was alive. He lived a very, very short life. Um, there is a beautiful documentary on Netflix. It is sad. Do not watch it unless you are needing a good cry. Um, but it really documents why this guy mattered, right? Um, you know, he wasn't just a musician when he passed away. He was a son, he was a grandson, he was doing something different. And like, you just look at this album and it's like, I mean, I'm just sitting here talking with my hands because I'm, I'm a big hand talker. And I just look down at my hands and they're just trembling because it makes me mad on one hand that you could see the potential that fans lost, that a mother lost, that a grandfather lost. And yet also at the same time, you could see the potential of something 
so monumentally huge of what could have been that it, it, it needs to be recognized as something kind of interesting and beautiful for what it is, but also a very cautionary tale of what it costs to chase your dreams. And it's sad. The guy was incredibly smart. He made hundreds, if not thousands of songs. He was an early pioneer of that SoundCloud sound, right? You'll hear me talk about that often. And if you're not familiar with what I mean, he is a good example of that. But Come Over When You're Sober, part one, was released in like 2017. And uh, it, I mean, right away it was regarded as like something special because this guy had a huge following on SoundCloud. Now, had you ever listened to him before? I suggested no. this because I don't think so, right? So I knew of, I'm immediate, I'm going to own up to this. <clears throat> yeah. I knew of Little Peep. I said Little, Jesus Christ. Oh, you're all right. I, I knew of Little Peep. Um, I knew that in a time, so 2017, I was heavily listening to artists from the Strange Music label. So I was listening to a lot of, you know, passionate lyricists like Tech Nine and um, Ubiquitous and Godimus and Chris Calico and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so when I, when I heard this new SoundCloud rap, I'm not going to say genre, but, you know, it kind of had that feel like it was a new type of genre coming up. Um, I didn't really go for it. Like I he like it was this dude with a ton of face tattoos. And like I heard a snippet of one of the songs. and I'm like, it's not for me. And from that moment, how I just immediately shut it down mm-hmm. until the time that you recommended this album, I had not given him another chance. So, yeah. OK. When I went back, and I didn't know whether it was part one or part two that I needed to listen to, but I, I'm glad I went with part one because that is what yeah. I did. Uh, I can, I will, I will call my shit right now. I was wrong because I fell in love with this album. I'm not going to okay. lie. I got, I was a, an emotional wreck by the end of it because I realized that you know, this is the album that he was probably touring with at the time of his death. He was twenty one years old i didn't know he was that young when he died while he was like like hours before he was going to perform right like didn't the same thing just happen to the foo fighters drummer like they were about to perform hours beforehand yep and and the worst part of it is the guy that he was on tour with went on the bus said oh gus is sleeping put a video of it on instagram then come back for hours to check and he's like oh shit gus is sleeping in the same spot and Oh, no, that, dude. I didn't uh, yeah, know there, that. there's a ton of controversy around that. So I don't even want to get into that because, like, for me, it makes me vehemently angry. Like, the parent in me is like, why didn't you check? Why didn't you check? Why didn't you check? That, you know, I, you could, if yeah. you could have seen my body language right there, like, I deflated because I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and it, then on this album, there was a song that stood out to me, which is Better Off Dying. And I, you know, I had to listen to that. And. I almost cried during it. Like I just, so it, it's it's so good. <laughs> there's there's so many good highlights of this, and like this is why I say like if you aren't familiar with him and you listen to this and you're like, hey, I'm on the fence. There's a song that he did. So think about this: when this guy died, right? Artists came out that were listening to him to do songs at his funerals and do collaborations like. Fallout Boy, Good Charlotte, MGK. Like, 
Like, and you're just like, what the, you know, because, like, this guy, this is one album. Just, just one album. And he got some, like, he did a song with Fallout Boy, post, post humus, so post death. Uh, there's a gentleman named Mackinan, and it's called I've Been Waiting, and it's maybe, like, one of the best songs of, like, you could see that next step, right? Um, the Peep recorded this album, he did some touring, he went overseas to Europe uh, to try and kind of, like, get clean and get away from his friends. He ran with a group, you'll hear it all throughout the album, called Goth Boy Click, and that's a ton of rappers of this kind of SoundCloud variety. And they kind of wanted to get him away and see what he could do. Guy was modeling. He was a model. Like, if you look at him and you're like, wait, what? Because, like, crazy face tattoos don't really... I mean, in my mind, they don't really hit the mark with him because they're, they're just everywhere, right? Um, right. I mean, but, yeah, he was he was doing runway modeling for... Uh, I think it was, like, Vlone, and I want to say... Versace, I mean, like high fashion houses. Like this kid in the 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 time that he was in the spotlight, he took everything. And if you look, there's a song on here called "Awful Things" with Lil Tracy. Lil Tracy was one of Peep's kind of best friends, and when you watch the documentary, you could tell like this was somebody that really cared for Peep. And it's unfortunate, he doesn't talk a lot in the documentary, right? Um, but, like, Awful Things is kind of one of those things, like, when you listen to it, it's it, it's like a nasty guitar over it, and he's, like, you know, just singing out his heart. And you could tell each one of these songs just... And it goes places. Like, Ben Struck, the very first song, is a real, like, kind of trap rap album. You know, like, and so, like, this album just shifts gears over and over and over and better off dying the one that you referenced earlier is maybe one of my favorite songs by him um there's a ton of songs and this is a perfect example of one of those ones where tracks on spotify change for him um so like they'll add and remove stuff and i don't fully understand the purpose behind that so sometimes you'll see an extra song on here called Witchblades, which is a song that he did with Lil Tracy. Now, that song didn't appear on the pressing of the record, but for some reason, sometimes Spotify says put it on here. And uh, it's on some other albums, but yeah, like, this this album is a cautionary tale of, like, what could have been, and you just you can just see the potential. And I think it kind of fills that gap of, like, like I said, I really love emo, so... You know, it, it's a modern take on emo. Emo was done the same way forever. And Peep just, you know, he was a kid that grew up listening to My Chem and T-Pain, you know, or uh, 2 Chains or whoever you want to say, right? And it's kind of like, oh, well, what happens with that music when you grow up that way? And uh, I could really identify to that because as a kid, I grew up listening to, like, a lot of gangster rap and punk and heavy metal like those were those were my things um and when i say punk i don't mean like necessarily blink 22 i grew up with like tsol dead kennedys dead milkman like you know a lot of bands with dead in their name um but like those kind of punk bands and then i eventually listened to you know blink and uh afi and stuff like that but like 
I was listening to, you know, 36 Chambers from Wu-Tang also while listening to that, you know, and so it's kind of neat, like, for him, I look at it, and it's just like, that's it, if, if I would have pursued music, I bet I might have ended up something like this, and probably never seen the critical success that he did. Yeah, this is... <clears throat> This was one of those moments that was kind of rev- like um, revolutionary for me. Like it, it changed me. Mm-hmm. Like if like we hadn't even recorded. Like this is the first shot that we have at recording this podcast. And even before that, like something changed. And it was it showed. I mean, literally, it's something that generally I've said before in my life. Don't judge a book by its cover. But I truly did not give him a chance. I. I mean, I, I kind of downplayed him as an artist. It just wasn't for me, right? Like, that was not the genre that I was interested in. And then after listening to it for this episode, it's like, holy shit. And it's like, I didn't, I'm not going to say that I disrespected him, but it's like, I didn't even give him the time of day. And I feel terrible now because, like, listening to the music, you can see his passion. You can see <clears throat> how he had a very unique style. And it, it spawned mm-hmm. a lot of what we have now, but... I this was five years ago. Imagine what he could be doing now. I mean, yeah. he he di- he died just a few days after his birthday, and that sucks because twenty one years old. For me to think about that now, that's a kid. It's a yeah. baby, and potential just thrown out the window. So, and that's um, why that's why I say like I look at him, and it's like I am not his demographic. And the fact that that album, that one song on Spotify, was just like holy shit like it was like when you watch like a cartoon and somebody does drugs and their brain just explodes that was like when i heard yeah peak. Right. like it was the physical understanding of what that cartoon is trying to say in a song and that that's why i i just i could not make this list without including this album and and i strongly recommend like if if you listen to this album and you're like you know what i actually like this he has so much good stuff on spotify and there, it, like I said, there is a documentary. It's called Everybody's Everything. Um, but caution, it's a tearjerker. You know, it's mostly narrated by his mom and his grandpa. His grandpa is a uh, NYU professor on Mexican labor law or something like that. Very intelligent man. And, like, you know, you're hearing them talk about Gus. They never call him Pete. They call him Gus. And his grandpa has, like, this opening where he calls him his tattooed poet. And uh, you could just tell that this guy just touched lives where he went. And it wasn't realized his effect until he was gone. And it just really kind of sucks for everybody involved. And, yeah. 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 Uh, so I didn't know the, the documentary even existed because <clears throat> I'm starting to watch more documentaries now. So I'm probably going to dive into it. But just the fact that that's already setting me up for emotional failure because the fact that they don't even say, you know, a little peep at all, which I understand their family, but just understanding yeah. the gravity of what them calling Gus means. It's like, that was, that was their baby. Uh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> this, we're, we're, we're deep diving into some emotions right now. <laughs> oh, and just wait, I've got documentaries for all my picks tonight. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll bounce it back to me. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So the next one for me is a, is an indie pop or like indie tronica album. It's Torches by Foster the People. Yeah. Um, this one, 
this one is not, I'm not going to say new because I now have been listening to foster people for a while. Uh, but torches, maybe the album that got me into this whole indie pop slash indie tronica genre in the first place. Um, I quite honestly think this is the album that shaped what I listen to now on the regular. Um, everyone knows pumped up kicks and that's indeed the song that I first heard from foster the people. Uh, okay. But throughout Torches, we have truly fantastic songs like Houdini, Helena B, and like Call It What You Want. And this, again, is one of those albums that just, it calls me back time and time again. And I can listen to it from start to finish. Um, and it, it just, it captured me, man. I, I don't, I didn't really listen. It was so for a while, like I, I had dabbled in, you know, house music and dubstep when that was big. But for the most part, I was always rock metal you know hip-hop of all different genres you know for the most part um so this side of music didn't really stand out to me um and then i listened to this album like you know because i heard pumped up kicks so i was like i mean what else do they have right so i went and i found this album and i started listening to it and i was like this is nothing like what i expected pumped up kicks is a really catchy song it's fucked up yeah to listen to yeah it's, like it's when really... you have the lyrics it's it's not it's dark yeah it's dark as shit and it's i didn't even process it the first 10 times of listening to the song i was just vibing out in the car and i was like oh this is great and then one day it's like wait a minute that's not good because you realize it's about a school shooting um so going back and listening to the rest of the album it kind of like it just goes along with that pumped up kicks is a really catchy upbeat song with some dark lyrics but the whole entire album is really fucking catchy and it's it's just it'll it'll suck you in and because of this album i started to branch out more and more with my musical tastes and now i think this might be the genre that i listen to more than anything else at least at the moment because like this spawned my love for uh, capital cities and like VHS collection. And it, even though they, they differ in genre a little bit, this really opened the door for me to start finding a lot of different artists that <clears throat> I hadn't come across. Like, you know, I mean, like look at M83, um, MGMT, you know, Starfucker, all these different kind of, uh, artists was because I chose to listen to this album. And this is one of those I can listen from start to finish Every single song is just as good as the last one. It is produced incredibly well. Like it, it just has this really. It, it it hooks you. You want to listen to more, and it's like you just let it go. You let the you start the first song and you let it go, and by the end of it, it's like I want to listen to it again. It's one that I don't get tired of. Um, I keep thinking about your question of where you know rumors fell into the top. Mm-hmm. albums of all time i don't know if this one crosses that threshold just because i don't think it had anywhere near the impact that rumors did um but in terms of my like i will say in my personal top 10 or you know top albums this is top 10 for me um, okay yeah i, I, I so i just love them. <laughs> this album is interesting for me because i knew it but i didn't know it um, I was saying something, and my lovely wife, Mindy, was like, yeah, you know that song because it's on one of our playlists. Um, we, <laughs> and I was like, what? And so we, during our honeymoon, we went to San Diego, right? 
And uh, there's a radio station there called 94.9. And every day we were in San Diego, uh, just driving up and down the coast or driving out to like Escondido, you know, we were listening to this radio station. And so we pulled a playlist together of songs that were playing there at that time. And th this song happens to be that pumped up kid or pumped up kids happens to be one of those songs. And, uh, so yeah, like when I listened to it, like it brought me back to like, you know, just that warm Pacific air, just kind of, you know, driving down a highway, you know, kind of feel. So yeah. like, I, I was ecstatic that I remembered what it was after she reminded me so graciously. Uh, <laughs> but also like the album as a whole is definitely interesting. Like I really kind of found myself into, uh, what was it? Houdini was the song. Sorry. I'm kind of looking at my notes here. Um, yeah. Houdini was definitely one that I kind of found and was like, you know, I really like this. I guess it was kind of like one of their first singles from this song. Yeah. Um, and it wound up in several video games, um, which I, again, games I've played, but did not draw the lines of like, Oh, this is this person. So I like when I realize that when it's like when the dots get connected together and the you know the years of cobwebs and ones and zeros get knocked around. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. great. This is this is what I'm what I like. So I'm actually glad you had this because I've gone back now and pulled up some of their other albums and started listening to those as well too. So um, I, I yeah, and like you touched on like a lot of. Um, other bands that kind of were of this sound and i listened to more of those like capital city mgmt um you know stuff like that were things that i listened to but somehow these guys slipped through the cracks for me so I, that's I'm great yeah it. that's that's crazy because this was i feel like one that a lot of people do know but you know a lot of the other ones that you know slip past my radar too yeah. Um, but no, some of their 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 2017 album Sacred Hearts Club, man, it has some great songs on there. Um, like yeah, Sit Next I, uh, to Me is one of my favorite songs. I was listening to Supermodel earlier today. That was that was yeah. something I was just kind of sitting there, just kind of like, okay, like this isn't the album that I need to listen to for the show, but you know, it's all right. I got good memory, you know, not the ones and zeros and the you know cobwebs around but yeah i i definitely thought it was interesting and i thought they have a uh i forgot what it was there was a term that they had that they wanted to call that album and i really liked it it was like what is it pseudologica fantastica oh I was yeah like, i was like what like why didn't you call it that but right. uh, but no definitely like torches was de or i mean it was definitely an interesting sound. Like, again, it kind of let you in and let you know what you were kind of getting for these kind of next. And, and they call this psychedelic pop, right? And yeah. I love that term because, like, a, as a child of Grateful Dead parents, you know, you see psychological X attached to whatever. And, like, nine times out of ten, it doesn't really fit that genre that style you know that's not what uncle jerry was going for <laughs> um but i feel like this album earns that title and this is all done through the sound and the stories because yeah like pumped up kids or pumped up kicks really dark story and you don't even catch it until you start listening to the lyrics and you're like whoa 
Am I yep. going to wind up on a list because I'm singing a song about a school <laughs> shooting? Like, you know, do I need to call, you know, Hunting Pixel's lawyer and get him on the phone? Like, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I and I, I was actually also kind of interested. So, like, this album, it peaked at number eight on Billboard's 200, and yet somehow just I was completely oblivious to it. Like, when I saw that, I'm like, huh, like... Like, when I say I was oblivious, I somehow, literally, this is epitome of dropping through the cracks for me. So, I, yeah. I love it. I wish I had more timely relevance to the album itself. Well, you know, th- this this podcast is opening a lot of doors for both of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, like, the second I sat there just listening to it, you know, I, I put that album on, and I'm in, I'm in a Mitsubishi Lancer. It was, I literally, this is, this is the best part. Orange Mitsubishi Lancer was a rental car. I'm at Humphreys Half Moon Bay. My wife is sitting in the seat next to me. We're headed out to La Jolla Cove. I could smell the sea lions in the water. I can hear them barking. And, and it's all this song, like it, and this album, like it, it's wild. Like the, the literal like mental trip that I took listening to it, uh, when I kind of sat down and actually re-listened to it, you know, and like seeing Banksy art to it, because like that was something that we saw in San Diego it was the first time I saw a piece of Banksy art in the wild. Um, and it's just funny how music can trigger all of that while telling a story of its own to let you experience. And, and this, I was just, I was excited. Yeah. That's just crazy how these, from then to now, like the the journey that you've taken, but you can still go back and you can remember it vividly. That's fucking incredible. That's a sign of good music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so for me, that was that was my number two. That was you know indie pop or psychedelic pop, however you want to label it, Mister. Uh, fuck, Ciarato. Ciarato, you can just call me Jeff. It's okay. I I wanna I wanna get your fucking last name, and I can't. You know what? Say it one more Most... time. Ciardo. Most people Ciardo. can't, right? Okay, like, you know, it's a good way to tell who's a telemarketer. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to be a telemarketer, dude. I've already forgotten how to say it, Ciarto. Yeah, it's okay. Ciarto, no. there you go. You got it. Okay. Ciarto, okay. you got it. You know, there was, I was recording a little Instagram soundbite or whatever, and I, I pronounced your name incorrectly on purpose. I said, Scissorto, we're going to have to listen to the podcast to find out if that's how it's really pronounced or not. I'm going to ask you 10 more times, and I'm still not going to get it right. Um, it's okay. It's, it's it's all okay. Believe me, everybody gets it wrong. I take no umbrance whatsoever with it. I'm sorry. Do, does your wife get it right? Uh, Mindy gets it right about <laughs> half the time. I mean, she's had a couple years of practice, so right. you know, okay. I, can, uh, I can hear the eye roll. I can't see her. Can, <laughs> you can hear I can feel the force. Uh. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so Mr. Ciarto, <laughs> what is yeah. your number two? So my number two, we're, again, we're going to hard left into like uh, a really interesting album and a really interesting artist. And it's like the one that, how do I put it? Like this is like the softest, most sentimental piece of me musically that I could share. And his name is Owen. His real name is Mike Kinsella. His stage name is Owen. Mike Kinsella might sound familiar. He was a big champion in the Chicago like indie rock scene. So he was part of like American football and cap and jazz 
and a lot of these like really influential like Joan of Arc, Owls, like a lot of like a lot of Chicago indie bands at some point or another had Mike Kinsella at the helm and he records solo-y, solo-y, solo solo whatever by himself as this artist Owen and his newest album is called Avalanche and uh I picked this and I, I really love Avalanche as an album um he goes back to 2001 recording himself these are always side projects for him right um and it's funny when you look at him as an artist like you can see him grow as a person throughout each of these albums and i've been listening to him i i was trying to honestly figure it out he and i are relatively close in age and it's funny because like i always come back to his albums at spots where it feels like they're a good fit to my life and i feel like the first time that i found him was in like 2008 ish he did a song called uh good friends with bad habits and it's this real intimate you know they recorded it at like a house party in like a photo booth and i remember i saw the video and i was like holy shit you look like my friend josh to the point where i had to ask like was this you just goofing around (laughs) and no it wasn't but i'm glad i stuck around and each of his albums are these very intimate portraits of his life at the time avalanche is his 10th album in this and um he did a very very cool thing with this where each of the songs he recorded and then he put a video out so again going back to the documentary of him sitting in kind of iconic chicago locations recording these songs just him a camera a guitar and it's this super intimate acoustic just Ah, just slice of music i don't even know what to call it It, it's beautiful um especially like his song a new muse is like one of like the most gut-wrenchingly beautiful songs that i think he has ever written and he's written some some really deep emotional songs right um his song oh evelyn is like one of my favorite songs of all time and it's a song that he wrote to his daughter when she's older it's it's not meant for her now it's supposed to be like this message for her when she's older to look back at and be like oh my god what did dad you know what what did dad do and he you know it's beautiful and so like going back to a new muse on avalanche like the first two lines you know our first few lines of this album are Dear Lord, let me be anything but bored or in love. I'm been comfortably uh, sorry. I've been comfortably cursed, almost blessed to sleep. Now I want to know what I don't know, and what she sleeps in. And he's kind of going through this whole like, I need somebody to write about. Um, I I don't know for certain, but like if you listen to this album, it sounds like he has gone through a divorce. And I mean it. You could tell it's like emotionally taking its toll and it's just you could feel like the emotional resonance of this album with this man and you can with all of his albums and i think that's part of why i really like this one is like it's always this like super tender portrait of a human 
And I just feel blessed that I know it and that I get to experience it. And it's one of those that like nine times out. Oh, hopefully you didn't catch that. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, what okay. happened? Sorry, my headphone just like was like charging battery. Oh, I didn't even yeah. hear it. <laughs> okay. It might be on the recording. So, um Oh, that's fine. So, yeah, you get this like tender portrait of him like just really revealing himself and it's like, you know, one of the other lyrics is like, "Dear Lord, let me be anything but a boy or in love." And he's like it's like you could feel he's accepted that he's grown up. He's made decisions. He has to accept these decisions. And like this album is just this beautiful portrait of a man kind of really accepting who he is as like a person. And each of these songs kind of goes on and on into this portrait. And you kind of realize when you get to the end of it, like like that he has just put everything that he has of him out there for everybody. And, and it's just... I cannot say enough good things about how beautiful this album is. And again, this is a guy that doesn't put out, he's not putting out an album every year. You know, he's got a million other projects. It's the first time he put out an album in four years. Um, and I, I just, I really love it. And I mean, I, I cannot say enough good things about Owen. Um, I love that name. Our son is named Owen. The guy is a beautiful artist. And like each of these albums is a small snippet and you can look at it and if you look at it versus his age and you just kind of get the idea of like oh like like good friends with bad habits is 2009 so you figure you know he's probably mid-20s and you know he's talking about like how his friends are making these bad choices and like he's just realizing it and then you look at like the next album and it's called ghost town and it's like his friends are having kids and kind of moving on and yeah he has a kid but like his friends are getting real jobs and not starting side project bands and and we get all the way fast forward 10 years to avalanche where it's like he's kept with this musical path and he's happy not being a stadium tour guy like you can go to a bar in chicago and find this guy playing um so when i say like we take a look at somebody like a Lil Peep or like a Fleetwood Mac. This is complete opposite end of the spectrum. This is a guy that does very well streaming. He does very well with YouTube views. But he's very small and very intimate in his shows. And it's it just, you feel like this guy is quintessential Chicago, right? He does what he does, but he doesn't want to stick out, right? Like, no, no shots on New Yorkers, right? But New Yorkers are brash and loud and... Los Angeles is flashy, and, you know, Miami is flashy and loud and blah, blah, blah. Chicago, by a whole, you know, it, it, they call it the Windy City. You spend six months out of the year bundled up in a coat. Avalanche is a perfect acronym for that because he's just kind of bundled up, and he's starting to peel off the layers and kind of show you who he is with each album. And Avalanche is him putting the coat back on because the world has hurt this guy, you could tell. And he just needs to kind of, like, get through it at the moment. And so, yeah, that, that's why it made my list. It, it's it's this beautiful portrait of a person. Um, and I, I strongly recommend, like, Dead for Days is, like, one of... Again, it's a very heart-wrenching song. Um, it's a song about him and his brother and his dad and people finding things. And um, it's just... it's. It's a hard album because 
like it's an emotional portrait, but it's a beautiful album because he knows how to frame it with a sound. You know, these are very simple albums, you know, a guitar, sometimes a violin, sometimes a mandolin, piano, drums, it's light, but it's, it's just beautiful. So this is one of the ones, not one of the ones, this is the one from your list that I had zero clue about. Um, yeah. Uh, you you put it down as indie, and then I saw Owen, and I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. So naturally, my curious self, I went and I found it. Um, I was really shocked to see that he didn't have a single play on this album in particular that was over uh, like 400,000. Like he doesn't even have one that's at 400,000 plays on any of these songs. So I was like, this is... This is something semi new, like uh, mm-hmm. or not new, but um, undiscovered, and that immediately caught me because this is right after our our Spotify plays to revenue conversation. So I was like, "Damn, you know, I wonder who this is." So I hit play on the album. The first song that plays is a new muse, um, and I was so captivated by how different my expectations what I was met with essentially, I did not anticipate this being as melodic and slow and soft as it was. But even in saying that it immediately just grabbed me because it was unique and he has a really welcoming voice. He, the music starts to play. And as you hear him and I closed my eyes immediately. And when I closed my eyes, it was like, I was taken to a place that, in my life, I had never been like, I'm not like, I'm not saying like emotionally I was somewhere I'd never been, but like I was in a place that only his music could take me. Um, and the drums that kept building through a new muse and it's like his voice that's kind of trickling over you. And you hear this wonderful guitar that's kind of like going in scales up and down behind you almost. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I did not expect it. Um, yeah. This is this is uh, God, dude. This is the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast is because you have a really interesting, um, I guess, just lineup of music that you listen to. You have already introduced. I knew of Peep. I never listened to him. I didn't know of Owen, and now I I get to add his music into my just my, my library. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things where y- if you listen to the culture Bob, you know, podcast, you know that I like to go hiking a lot. This is one of those windows down mountain air, sun shining, like just have a beautiful moment. This album in particular, like have a beautiful moment type of thing. And it's like some of these songs really, the, I know the more I listen to them, the more they're going to hurt and they're going to sting, but like in a good way, because music is supposed to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. And immediately from the first song, I already felt something. So um, yeah. huge shout out to you because I dude, this is usually not up my alley, but I fell in love with it. Yeah. He is, he is just this beautiful portrait of a, a true artist, right? Like, yes, we say people are artists like Takashi six, nine, not an artist. This guy, artist right he paints with his words and uh i i strongly recommend and if you're having trouble finding him yeah the name owen is hard to find his name is mike kinsella and it's k-i-n-s-e-l-l-a and sometimes you can find him that way i i strongly recommend if you really want like a good intro just 
go onto YouTube and search Polyvinyl Records. That's his record label. You can find his videos. Those, those Chicago 4K videos are great. Because, like, one of them is just hit, sitting in traffic on Michigan Avenue on, on, like, a planter divider just playing his guitar on, like, a Sunday afternoon in the middle of Chicago summer, right? And, I mean, you, you can kind of get the vibe that this guy just is Chicago, and he's okay being independent. He doesn't need mainstream approval. And I almost want to kind of get into the Spotify thing just for a second here, just to kind of, because we've hinted at it like three times now, right? Yeah. The revenue. <laughs> yeah. So Spotify revenue is 10,000 plays for $20, right? So when you look at this guy's ballpark math, and we're going to do an episode where we get further into this, right? When you look at this guy's Spotify, uh, what do you say, plays, right? Yeah. His most played song is... 1.35 million and change, right? So you divide that by 20, and, I mean, it's not a lot of money that he gets to put his pain out there for everybody, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, and I think that's that's kind of the the true sentiment of, of him, you know? Um, I mean, he's, yes, he is an artist. Yes, he is doing this for money right um but like he's not getting rich off this you know and yeah, it's a it's a, I mean, it's a work of passion i mean when you look at his most popular song if those numbers hold true for him because they can vary for artists you know he's made thirty seven hundred dollars and change you know and, and yeah that's a lot you say oh he's a music artist he should be glad he's made that he probably is you know, or else he wouldn't keep coming back. But I also feel like this is the guy that, even if nobody was buying his records, he'd still be just sitting in his backyard playing guitar because he has several music videos of him doing that. Um, also, for warning, his music, what you hear in videos, isn't always what you hear on the albums. The videos are kind of always like proving grounds, it feels like. So lyrics change, composures change a little. Um, he definitely likes to go back and mess with songs and sounds and introduce new things. And uh, if you wind up liking him, like I said, he's in nine other bands. They are all very different. American football is maybe the one that has seen the most commercial success. Um, but I don't even know if most people out there have heard of them. Nope. Yeah. Probably not for me. Um, just by, you know, perspective real quick. Fleetwood Mac on Spotify has 22,632,284 monthly listeners. And then we look over at Owen, and Owen has 48,317. Yeah. That is substantial. Um, I, as a, as a newcomer to listening to his music, I strongly encourage everyone to at least give Avalanche a shot because it was eye-opening um, and just completely surreal and beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can I can literally do a whole episode on this guy. I mean, literally just uh, you can expect to hear more from him from me. Um, yeah. I, it, there's always something there that just fits the right time, right mood. And like I said, he has really been, we're, we're kind of close in age, there's this kind of stories of life as we kind of move 
through life, him being a few years older than me, and I look at it, I'm like, oh, I can kind of relate, you know, and and pitfalls and wins both, you know. Um, I and one of his most beautiful songs that I recommend people to. It's Oh Evelyn, and I mean, it's this beautiful, touching song to his daughter who, at the time, was an infant. You know, and he's telling her that when she's old enough to listen to this, you know, don't lie down with salesmen. Don't buy bullshit stories. And it's like, like, if you think about that, having that perspective to tell your future daughter that when she's old enough to listen and comprehend it, like this guy really thinks really far ahead with his music. And it's just him. So. It's. Out of all of the six that we have, I feel like this is probably the one I want people to listen to the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And probably when we're done here, I'm going to go watch the Chicago videos again. I, I love them that much. I Probably once a week. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. So a good number two for you. So now we're moving into our final picks apiece. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, this, between the three, is my favorite choice. This album itself will will probably have an episode, a deep dive by itself later on. But um, my my final pick is from the hip-hop genre, and this is Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon. Um, Cudi's Man on the Moon, it came at a very rough time in my life, um, my dad had just died a little earlier in the year that this album was released. Um, I was 17 years old, <clears throat> and to put it to put it plainly, I felt numb through the whole year. Um, Man on the Moon, when it was released, was the first time I remember after my dad's death feeling, for lack of a more suitable term, uh, better. Um, I really love the atmospheric sound that this album brings, and that's what kind of started my love for it. It took me to a new place in hip-hop. Um, it, it's, an, it's incredibly easy for me to get lost in these songs from start to finish. We're being told a story, and each song takes you to a new place along this journey, and it does it seamlessly. Um, we, there's, there's legendary singles on this album, like day and night pursuit of happiness soundtrack to my life. And that's often what the album is remembered for, but every single song is just as good as the last, um, at least to me. And it creates an energy very unique to itself. Um, man on the moon may very well be my favorite album of all time. And like I said, this will be an album eventually, or not an album, but uh, an episode eventually where we kind of deep dive into it. Um, I hope to get the Culture Bob creator, uh, Mr. Josh McMullen, on that one because he also loves this album. But when I when I tell you that, I don't know how my 2009 would have went had it not been for this album. Um, I'm not saying that I would have done anything horrible to myself or anything like that, but I just it would have taken me a lot longer to pick myself up out of this funk. And there are songs on this album that truly embodied how I was feeling this year or how I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel better. Um, and there, there are songs like Pursuit of Happiness that, that 
while Cuddy and I might be feeling two different things and like while he had something in mind while he was writing the song, for me, I hear Pursuit of Happiness and I get lost in what the lyrics mean to me or, you know, it, just, it takes me to a better place. And there's another song called Up, Up and Away, which, oh God, it just, that's the song that did it. <laughs> that's the song that it was, it, all, I, all I hear when I think about is the part of the song where it's like, I was going through a lot of self-doubt. I was going through like, there was just a lot. I don't want to unpack it all here at this episode. Sure. But there, it was like hearing lyrics, like they're going to judge me anyway. So whatever. It's like just hearing that little snippet. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Whatever, dude. You know, like, let's just, let's, let's do me. Let's just be happy, you know? And it's like, we like, again, this, this wasn't, Cuddy's intent with this album he didn't make it for me but this is one of the first albums I remember being able to listen to and being like this changed me this changed me for the better this helped me you know when I listen to my mom and my dad talk about albums that did this when they were growing up it was like okay you know I don't know if I had that I just really like listening to music and then I hear this album and it hit me like a freight train um it it changed me. It helped me. It motivated me. It's still to this day an album that I listen to on the regular. Um, and again, we circle back to where does this fall in the top in the top hundred of all time? This is again for me. This is another top twenty-five. I know that's huge to say because mm-hmm. we got to think of all the albums to come out. But it is so good from start to finish. It was produced by some of the best names in the music industry. Con- Kanye had his fucking hands in this before, you know, you know, let make Kanye 08 again. You know, that whole thing, you know, back in the good days, like this is during the 808s and heartbreak days. Um, it, it, it's just so good. And if you've never listened to a single album or a song from Kid Cudi, this is the absolute one to listen to. I think this is his first studio album. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Looking at, so I went back and kind of looked at this, and I, I think that was his his first studio album. Right, he had music before this, but this was the one that kind of started it all. And we talk about album art. This is some of the most iconic album art to me because that's just when I think of Cuddy. Of course, I can picture his face, but I picture this album art before anything else. Is it's his face and this really like splash. I'm not going to say splash art, but it's like a really just, it's a splash of different colors. It looks psychedelic. It's his face kind of coalescing with the moon essentially. And it's a nice, just wide array of colors of purple, pink, orange, and red. And this is, this is what I picture when I think Kid Cudi. It is this album art and it, it, it's so good from start to finish. I recommend everyone at least give it a shot. Um, I really do want to deep dive into it one day and just like hit every single song on there. But I, I, I couldn't, I would not be where I'm at today without this out al- without this album. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a powerful album. That's for sure. I think it, I didn't know your connection to it. And it's kind of interesting because that song day and night, have you ever heard the the background story of that song? I don't think I have. So that's about, um, an uncle of his that had passed away and he was, he hadn't spoken to him in years because his uncle had thrown him out and how he regretted kind of leaving that on bad terms. So it's, it's kind of interesting your connection to it with that there. 
and I think it's interesting because you look at this album and it's like there's there's a quote for it that's like each song has a message all the hooks are stadium worthy and they're sing-along powerful joints and it really is it it really is and like it's funny because this is an artist that while I know the name I don't have a whole lot of connection to but now I've kind of gone in and started listening to more of it I knew of him he was part of the uh the XXL freshman class and I remember that year that was like the second maybe third year that he had done it and I remember him being like the only artist that I how do I put it the only artist that I legit was like this guy's got a a career ahead of him you know because he was in a class with like Asher Roth was in there, yeah. the I Love College guy, which, man, that's a catchy song. And Ace Hood, <laughs> right? Ace Hood, what has he done since? And, like, there's a few others. There's, like, Currency, I think, was in there. And, uh, was it B.O.B., that guy? Um, so, like, and, and there were more. But, like, you look at it, and it's, like, he definitely stood out among that group. And I, I think I think most of the time you look at those, like, XXL freshman class, and it's, like, just big hitters right and people that went on to have this impact but you look at him and it's like every now and then you get these years where it's like what the heck were they thinking and he he is like they built this around him right like nobody else is of this caliber talent wise except him right Right. or of this style because like you look at their styles that's the whole point of these xxl like the freshman classes, it's different styles of rap, different styles of hip hop. Bring it together, do a cipher, boom, right? But like you look at him, and I'm actually looking it up right now. So yeah, he was on the second year of that. He was like, he was there, and like yeah, I'm looking at the rest of the artists: Corey Guns, Wale, Charles Hamilton. I mean, people that you couldn't tell me the last thing they did, right? right? <laughs> and like it's like you look at that, and it's like yeah, like obviously. That shows how impactful this album was that they were like, you know, obviously this this is something worthwhile to look at. And and like I said, he's an artist that I don't have a whole lot of like connection or I can't say I listened to his album as I was doing blah, blah, blah at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but now that it's kind of in my wheelhouse, I, I feel like he's one that maybe I necessarily didn't sleep on, but I just didn't give it the spotlight that I should maybe have or that I would have liked to. Um, I, I'm more familiar with some of his other albums. That's for sure. Right. Um, but this one definitely kind of not as much. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely a great album. And I think it's it's definitely held up over time. Like if you look at those other artists that they paired him with and the albums that they would have put out in those years, like... I, they aren't they don't hold up anywhere near as as well as this does through throughout time you know because he's telling stories through his songs um you know and and i think i think that sometimes gets lost in rap and hip-hop like you have hip-hop artists that tell stories and you have hip-hop artists that make beats and sometimes you have some that can do both together like a kanye right or sometimes you just have a studio musician that's I'm hip hop and he definitely falls in kind of that category. I think of like really, really good storytellers for me. Um, you know, 
and a different approach. It's not the flashiest. It's the most effective, though. Yeah, and he he's released a lot of albums since then, of course, but that, I still think, is his best work that he's ever put out. Mm-hmm. Um, Man on the Moon's been a trilogy of albums. Um, the second one was, you know, it was neither here nor there like it was it was a fine album i like him because i i I liked it because i like kid cuddy but uh man on the moon 3 came out in 2020 and it wasn't as good as the first one but it was definitely better than the second one and i still listen to it on the regular um the other one passion pain and demon slaying like that one again wasn't like a standout album that i feel like a lot of people talk about but it's another one from him that is really good has a lot of great songs on there um but he dude died I he's one of my top uh, I mean he's up he's tied like I have a list of favorite artists in hip-hop and one is neither higher than the other he is just up there he is one of my favorite artists in hip-hop now okay so saying that like how do you feel then about like kids say ghost because like I feel like that's a beautiful album that people just like how do I put it Kanye fans dunk on right but like, yeah, it's a beautiful album, man. Like, it really is. It is, and like I said, Kanye for me recently hasn't really done it for me. Um, okay. But I, I did enjoy Kids See Ghosts, and I didn't even know about it. Like, I didn't know about it until it happened. And I, the first thing I remember saying or seeing is like, oh, this is one of Kanye's new projects, and I was like, oh, whatever. But then. I read that it was in collaboration with Cuddy, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like he kind of did the double take? Yes, I was like, hold up. Let me go and listen to this. So then I started it, and I think uh, it's like the first – I think the first song is Feel the Love, and I'm listening to it. And it's like – it's so good and out there, but like Kanye throughout the middle of the song is going like – and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? But it's, it's, it's just good. Yeah, it is. And I, I think that's where an artist like – Cuddy kind of shines is doing something like that because I don't think you could have put a lot of artists on that album and have it come out the way that it did. I think a, a lot of people would have looked at him and like, "Damn, Kanye, what, what, what?" Is this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean, when when it's when it's got his name attached to it, it's like, oh, "Okay, this makes sense." <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I I did enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of what Cuddy has his hands in. Um. But nothing will ever top Man on the Moon, the first one for me. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, 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 this definitely kind of put it like back in a rotation for me of like listening to it when I'm kind of in that like hip hop mindset of like I want to listen to something hit pop. I've kind of been coming back to this album since you put it out there. Um, so I mean, yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah. That's that's again. I I know I've touched on it a lot, but I think that's what's really special about this podcast is like we're getting we're getting content out there for people who want to hear us talk about music, but yeah. we're also kind of opening each other's eyes. We're two people who listen to music on the daily, on the regular, but now it's like now we can branch out a little more. And I you've really done that for me um, with your first two albums that you've talked about, and then. I kind of knew about the one you're going to talk about next, but it's like this, this is why I'm excited is because we get to keep opening our eyes a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that being said, that brings us into your final pick. Let's take okay. it home. Yeah. So my final pick is maybe like the most mainstream thing that I can point to and say like, this is like, if you want to like kind of figure me out 
music wise this is a band that i absolutely love and it's uh while she sleeps and the album so what um so what is maybe like one of their best like kind of like critical album like critically received albums right um people know that name right they know who while she sleeps is but i don't think a lot of people understand what the band is and and I feel like this album kind of like solidified it of like, this is who we are. And they're just banging their fist on the table, getting you to understand and recognize what they are. Um, it, it is aggressive and it's go right from the word, you know, I mean, it, it encompasses a lot of things about this band. It's loud, it's fast, it's in your face and it's just, like I said, it is just grabbing you, shaking for your every bit of your attention. It's super riff heavy. It's fiery. It, it's everything that you want. Um, I've been a While She Sleeps fan for a while. And I, I guess, you know, full disclosure, I am a member of the Sleep Society, right? Like, I love these guys enough that I want to see what they do. And for those that aren't familiar, the Sleep Society is kind of like Patreon for the band, right? Um as we alluded to earlier with the Spotify thing, this band kind of had enough of their label saying that, you know, you guys are taking all the money, we're doing all the work, that's not cool, and they set out and they actually did something about it. Um, And they make some very interesting documentaries before each album. The album uh, documentary before So What is really interesting because you could see the tension with the label in this. You could see the, like just butting heads right and it it, you get this real intimate portrait of like the writing process you know and you get the behind the scenes of like how they started virally teasing it with like the guilty party the guilty party is like one of the coolest songs in this album because it's just like it's this simple riff and then some kids come in singing and it's just it like hits you really hard um, and I just, I cannot say enough good things about So What, um, and I cannot say enough good things about While She Sleeps, but, like, this is the album that if I wanted to point somebody to While She Sleeps and have them, like, kind of give it its fair shake, I feel like it's this. Like, this one's kind of hard because I feel like it could go either way for me, um, but, like, in the end, I feel like it has to be this album when you're, like, what i want to try you know while she sleeps what do i listen to i can point you to this is the six which is a lot of like chant albums or chant songs you know it's it's a good album to listen to to get worked up but like this right here is like a portrait of a band on the verge of like that next step for them and like i look at so what and then i look at sleep society which came out right after um Sleep Society was an album that they put out during the pandemic, during quarantine, when nobody was putting out new music, and they were like, we're going to do this, we're going to do virtual concerts, we're going to engage our fans in ways that shouldn't be, and it was all because So What opened that platform for them. Um, you know, they are they are definitely an interesting band, for sure. Um, they are just, they literally just landed in America today, at the time we were recording this, to start their North American tour. Um, super oh cool shit! Band. Yeah. Oh shit! Are they coming to Atlanta? Do you know? 
I believe so. I would I would almost be more shocked if they weren't. Oh, yeah. dude, if you tell me that that let's see. I'm pulling it up right now. This is this is one of those Josh moments from Hunting Pixels, but I'm doing some live looking like, up real quick. Earlier today um, they did a live from Baltimore, I know. Um so that's how I know literally that they are they are on the ground in North America. I think I'm not seeing it so far. Hang on. Oh, no, because then they go back across seas. The closest they come is Nashville. Yeah. But Fuck. They, they are hitting one Justin Ruiz on April 30th. Well, that's, yeah, that's four he days. Gets everything but yeah. He wants. yeah. But, um, no, but, like, I think a lot of times we look at, like, metalcore and we look at heavy metal and, like, a few years ago we started to experience this, like, second british invasion kind of right like everybody talks about the beatles and the british invasion but in reality like we had a second one we've had a few right but like a modern one that is of a modern sound and i I think while she sleeps is kind of at the back burner of that like bring me the horizon definitely charging that kind of like british metalcore scene right but like Ollie Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon was doing collabs with While She Sleeps, what, like six years ago or something like that? I mean, on like You Are We, that album, You Are We, is brutal, right? And you want to talk about a band that really changes their style. Bring Me the Horizon is that, right? Like, I don't know if you have any familiarity with them, so I'll, I'll leave yeah. it. I'll pose that as a question. So do you or do you not? For Bring, the, Bring Me the Horizon? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I know them. I like them. Okay. Um, How much of their old stuff of do you listen to? Yep. Uh, like the MySpace stuff. Yeah, the MySpace stuff is rough, right? Yeah. And, like, you listen to You Are We, and that's, while she sleeps, MySpace stuff. But, like, when you compare it on the, the grand scheme of things, it's musically equivalent to a throne, right? Like, it's a lot more right. like the modern stuff. It's super polished, but it's super hard, super aggressive, and you can it, you can feel it, but, like, so what? is like just taking production and taking new sounds and taking new concepts and just elevating it each time. And so what is like them, like the boots at the door, they're getting ready to push and put down this new album, Sleep Society. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's full bore. You, you cannot escape this, this song um, or this album, I guess not this song, sorry. And I think that's the thing that I really love about while she sleeps and I look at this album and I'm just like, yep, this is them. This is, this is, if you want to put somebody there, this is, this is it, you know, cause you've got songs like antisocial, which are just so unbelievably good or songs like haunt me, which are just like, I, I can't even describe why I love haunt me. It's not a great song. It's not like, like when you, I, when I say it's not a great song, I mean like the lyrics behind it, like literally, are something like, "We won't survive on our own. Nobody gets left behind. Don't say you didn't see it coming," you know. And, yeah. and I mean, you could tell that this is this band just like frustrated with their label, ready to take no prisoners, and showing like, you know what? Yeah, we have a contract with you. We're leaving it on notes so that you could see what you lost by all the backstage nonsense that we have to deal with. And now, as a band, they self-fund their own tours, they self-fund their own music videos, 
you know, they don't have big studio budgets behind them, you know, so they're out there doing what independent artists did. They, they saw the big success and they were like, we don't want it. And it wasn't because of somebody in the band. It was just the band as a whole was like, this doesn't work for us. And you don't see that ever, right? Like, there's no artist that's like, oh, let me get a million dollars. Cool, I don't want one, you know. Um, it's just not normal in music. So the fact that they did and they made it work and are continuing to make it work is why I put this album and I put this band out there as, like, somebody you should see. And if you really do like this album, by all means, go back and listen to the rest. Like, like You Are We and, like... Like I said, this is the six. This is the six, is one of my favorite albums. Uh, to put it in context, there's a song on there called um, "The Seven Hills," right? I think last year I listened to that song over 600 times on Spotify. Like Holy Spotify fuck. was like, "Hey, Holy here's your shit. here's your top playlist of 2021," and it was like, "Oh shit, I listened to that song a lot." Like I just looked hundred <laughs> times. Yeah, and it's not a short song. Like it's it's you know no. a couple minutes. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's called Seven Hills, and and the fact that it didn't make my list here, yeah, it's like four and a half minutes. The the fact that that album didn't make my list is because I have that emotional attachment. But I look at so what, and I'm like, so what took the momentum of this is the six, and it took the frustration of getting that album out. And it just turned it around and turned it into such a positive thing for the band going forward as this tale of, like, we are setting our own path. We are setting our own destiny. You know, like, it's the epitome of rock, right? Going out, doing your own thing. Well, these guys are. And I I think So What just paints that picture. And there's so much good in it. I mean, like I said, I can't say enough good about, like, antisocial. And I cannot say enough good about the album so what i mean they're the guilty party is awesome i mean it, it really is a special album i just want to say the song you listen to for 600 whatever's yeah that's 45 hours of your life that you spent listening to that song yeah i that's yeah, crazy it, i i i know it isn't on our our uh playlist for the week but like yeah if, if you really want to just see a really good or actually it has a great video to it so like they recorded in this factory for for that whole album and um they retired that they moved into a new creative space and they recorded that music video there and you look at it and it you could tell that this was like it pans in on this shot of the word home written in sharpie marker over like a white painted you know beam and you could tell that this this space was their home it was where they made this beautiful album and like you look at so what and so what is this new creative space and there's songs from there that they talk about and it's like you just look at those two albums it's like this growing pattern but so what just took all of this momentum from the previous albums and just just did everything it could with it and again, with the talking hands, I'm like making raptor hands here. Like my hands <laughs> are just, yeah. Uh, no, dude, I really, really, really like this album. Um, so I hadn't listened to the whole entire thing until you put it on here. I actually knew of the 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 self-titled song of the album. So what? Okay. Um, which is weird because that's actually one of the lowest played songs on the album. 
Um, I knew of that one, and then since then, I have also added like "Haunt Me" to my workout playlist because I think it's such a good song. Um, and that, and that's why I got so excited. You said they touched down in the U.S. today, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, w- I would immediately go to see them if they came to a venue close to me, but they're not. I'm I'm yeah. I'm semi thinking about the one in Nashville, but that that's a long drive just to. <laughs> Yeah, I I knew this was kind of a limited tour, like they had kind of said, and and that's part of this whole like self funding thing. It's going to be limited tours, but like there's more of them now as things are opening up, and you know they can travel and stuff again. And I, I'm I'm hopeful that it, that pans out for them. Um, I don't. I think even if it isn't, I think you'll still get albums and stuff from them. But yeah, like I I, I think they have done something really special they've taken a concept they've proven that it works and i think we're we're into this new chapter and i think the exciting thing is is they're a big enough name that other artists will look at that and be like i don't need this fucking label anymore you know yeah which and other artists will hope. figure this out yeah because I would, I would be much more inclined to support an artist directly than i would a, a fucking music label yeah like, yeah. like, if you think about it, you know, how many artists out there do you want to hear more? Like, when they're independent, they crank out albums every year, right? Or yeah. multiple. And then they get signed to a label, and it's now one a year, one every two years. You know, there's a cycle, and, you know, oh, you're now a spring album. I, one of the artists that I, I love, and he's not on here, and it's this guy named Ouija Mac. He works, he's a recording artist for the Insane Clown Posse, right? The guy puts out four albums a year. And I, I don't mean like four, four song albums. I mean like literally like 20 track albums. And you look at it and you're just like, what is this guy doing? You know, like, and I mean, he's just a machine. And I hope that he always stays this level of like independent, but successful because you get so many albums from him a year. And, and, I think while she sleeps is proving to other artists that you can do this and it, it will work. You just have to have faith in it. And these are four yeah. guys that just, they have all the faith they can in themselves, you know? And that's what I'm about. I'm about more, more content from the artists I love. So long as it's not like, you know, being just pumped out and they, they don't have the time for it. And you know what I mean? Like, I guess if a label had their hands in it, they're like, fucking work you know and they're just like yeah. keep making stuff like i want them to do it at their own time so that's that's something that i can get behind but fucking four albums a year at yeah. 20 songs that is crazy dude that guy he literally just pulled it out the other day and I, I've, I've been through it a few times now but like like i said like i i think that's where you need an artist like a while she sleeps to kind of prove the method you yeah. know somebody has to take that chance and I'm I'm excited and I'm hopeful that more artists do and realize like, yeah, we can we can make this work and kind of seeing somebody take that kind of mainstream label and just say I don't need this you know it, it, the model has changed I, you know as time changes technology changes everything has to change and are are we at the spot and and all three of my artists really do prove self publish self-funded works you know in different ways you had Pete with soundcloud owen with having his own record label and just putting his own stuff out and now you know while she sleeps taking a digital approach of multiple angles like youtube and spotify and stuff like that 
and just really owning their own process and then taking it to another level and bringing things like a Patreon to play, you know, and, and if you love the fans, put your money where your mouth is and help us put out what we, what you like, yeah. you know, and I think that they're completely huh? honest with it. They're, they're completely transparent, and honest with it, with the sleep society. Cause like you can see how many backers there are. Right. And you know, when they put out their, their album, they'll, they'll kind of talk about, Hey, we lost this many subscribers, you know, and you kind of wondered, okay, did people fall off or did people really not like the album? You know, so it's just yeah. When you said you were a part of the Sleep Society, I was like, what kind of cult is this? Oh but yeah, no, 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 not a cult. <laughs> yeah, not a cult. Yeah. Not this one at least. Um, okay, man, dude, that was a good insight to what this podcast can bring because between your three. St- Things like that's, you know, artists that not a lot of people know about outside of Lil Peep, maybe. And then it's like my artists were not necessarily, I mean, pretty much they're, they're mainstream. I even foster the people. I mean, they're all mainstream artists, but it's like you can hear just how passionate we are about music. Um, and I feel like that was a perfect first topic just to get us out there to be like, hey, this is this is what we're going to bring to the table. And like I said, we have so many topics planned that. It's never going to be the same thing twice. We might have re like we could do this same episode later down the line as a reoccurring topic, just because we can pick three more albums from three different genres that we absolutely love and want to talk about. I can name three additional right now off the top of my head. Yeah, the idea yeah. of pairing it down to three was like borderline painful for me. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't even do a good job at it because I snuck other artists in as I'm talking, and I'm like, well, I would have probably made the cut. Like, right. You know. But yeah, like it, it was borderline painful for that, for me to just pare it down to three. Yeah, three hurt, and it's like I'm glad we did because we're at an hour and forty five minutes right now. So I thought we'd hit like an hour, maybe an hour and a half at the most. But yeah. uh, as it turns out, we like to talk about music. Oh, it's all right. I'm, I'm yeah. totally okay. I'm, with I'm down it. for it. So, uh, cool thing. This is this is your idea, Jeff. Is that um, every every week that we talk about something we're going to make a playlist for you guys and it's going to be on spotify um we can put it in the show notes uh josh can put it in the show notes when he posts the <laughs> post yeah. the episode and then uh we'll we'll have a discord channel up on the culture bop pod uh discord for uh this podcast in particular the bop we have one for hunting pixels and culture bop select so we're going to throw one up for the bop and we can pin the playlist <clears throat> for you guys to go and check out just so you can kind of experience little snippets of you know what we're talking about this week jeff had the great idea to do um two songs per album so we have we created kind of like an album for you guys you got 12 songs out there to go and listen to um yeah it was a lot of fun yeah, yeah it was a blast i i yeah i'm excited i i love being able to share these kind of things with the world and just kind of see, I, like I said, I think I often kind of get labeled as like, you know, the rap or the metal or, you know, both, but like there are sometimes little softer pieces that just get yeah. kind of tucked away in there like an Owen. And, and it's, it's Owen nice to be able nice. to show it. And it's good. And it's like, you know, earlier I, I kind of led us into the main topic and I said, you know, what makes this podcast so special? Let's find out. And that was it. I mean, we are very passionate about the music we love. Um, and this is only the first step. There's a lot more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. so excited to get into some of these topics. Like, yeah. Yeah. So 
Okay. Do you have anything else before we hit the closing notes? Um, not that I can think of. No, I, I don't think so. I think we've talked quite a bit. We have. Um, okay. Well, with that being said, if you are looking to find us elsewhere, you can. The CultureBot family of content is extensive, but the best place to find all of us is in the CultureBot Discord server. I highly recommend it. Um, between CultureBot selects, hunting pixels, and now the BOP, all of us collectively gather in the server to converse and have a good time, but we, we all know what you really want. You want those socials. So you can find Jeff on Instagram at fucking hell. Say it one more time. Yep, that that's some SEO right there. It's uh, J C R O J S Z Y A R T O. C R T O, okay. C R T O, C R T O, kind of like Naruto, but C R T O. Yep. Got you. Okay. So yes, you can find him on Instagram at J C R T O, and on YouTube at Jeffrey C R T O. I didn't know you had a YouTube. That's gonna yeah. get a follow. Yeah, I've or a subscribe. Uh, I've been on a quest since uh, the start of the year, doing a short video a day. So doing what video, the hell? yep. Uh, doing video every day. Uh, I haven't yet today. I gotta figure something out, but yeah, I, I just thought it'd be something fun to do. So what? Okay, cool. That's about to get a sub for me. Look, we're learning things together. Yeah. Uh, family. Um, that being said, you can find me on Instagram at omdizzy, on Twitter at omdizzytv, on YouTube at omdizzy, and on Twitch at omdizzy. It would be great if I could just say omdizzy on everything, but there is a 12-year-old malarian kid, I don't even think that's a real country, that has my Twitter handle. <laughs> I'll just start malarian. tweeting it. I'll tweet it, Elon. We'll see what we can make happen here. I forgot now. Yeah, make sure he's not a bot. We need to get that handled because I'm tired of not having my true Twitter handle. If we can get Josh to sign the paperwork I sent him over, we can probably get yes. this case moving That's forward. a good point. It all comes down to Josh, so yep. as it always does. Speaking of which, outside of the BOP, we do have Hunting Pixels, your home of all video game-related content, and Culture BOP selects your deep dive into specific bits of media, including movies, games, music, and more. You can find ones that do like deep dives into specific animes, specific movies, specific games like A Plague's Tale, hosted by, I believe, Mr. Josh and Justin Ruiz. So um, a lot of content out there in the Culture Bop family. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support along the way. Because of the patrons, this, ep this brand new endeavor was able to happen. You guys said you wanted more. Josh is very busy with what he's doing, so I said, what do I want to bring to the table? And what I want to bring to the table is Jeffrey. So here you guys go. I did it. Yep. He's all my table. glory. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, that was fun. Um, we'll see you guys again in two weeks. Like I said, bi-weekly podcast for now. But until next time, goodbye. Have a good one.